Ranger.com. From the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio, it's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615. 615- 844 5600. 615 844 5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. All that ridicule you took. Every bit of the ridicule you took after getting your butt beat. You think about that. You take every bit of your energy, every fiber in your bone, and you take it and you beat the piss out of them. I'm talking about beat the piss out of them. Let's go with their ass. is with us on Tuesdays. Always appreciate that. Griff, happy new year to you, sir. Want to get your thoughts right here out of the shoot on that Georgia-Florida State game. Wow. I mean, <laughs> Georgia showed up to play. Uh, you know, they played really well and played a lot of guys. So, I mean, they that's what they could control. That's, that's the game they had and so Kirby went out there, and all those guys played their final game together, and uh, you know played their best. I mean, that's that's what Georgia does. They they play their best when they take the field, and um, you know, Florida State wasn't real good as it turned out, um, or Georgia played really well. They'd had uh, some time off, and some guys had gotten better and healthy after a pretty tough November stretch, and they looked good. Yeah, Gunnar Stockton played the whole second half, right? No, actually, they brought in the uh, a couple guys that had never played in a game at quarterback. They brought in Will Muschamp's son, and that's right. He yeah. saw his first snap, and then they brought in some guy I'd never even heard of. Actually, they they, they brought in guys that, like I said, they brought in guys I'd never heard of. I mean, they played everybody. When I say they played everybody, they played more than seventy guys in that. I think everybody on the team we came played. Yeah, they played the entire roster that can say, Griff, that they played in the Orange Bowl. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the intent was, again, everybody played their best, and Kirby did what he could to, you know, make sure that um, you know, everybody had an opportunity. They, they pulled Carson back at halftime. Otherwise, he he probably would have set the single-season passing record, but, you know, Kirby wasn't out for records. He wasn't out to run it up. He was out there to manage the game, and that's that's why they played four quarterbacks. I've never seen a roster get emptied out like that in a game. What are your thoughts on Florida State and what they had left to play? 
I mean, their offensive line was intact. Uh, their their third string quarterback looked better than Ohio State's third string. I mean, their quarterback was fine. They just, you know, they had uh, I think nine nine NFL capable guys opt out. I think Georgia was missing uh, a few guys that were uh, NFL able. Um, both teams had some guys in the portal, obviously. Um, don't really count those guys, but the difference was is that the healthy guys from Georgia that could play. Um, that are headed to the NFL, they they opted in, right? Georgia opted in, and Florida State's attitude was to opt out. I mean, both teams felt like they had a, a case to be in the playoff. It's just how do you handle it? And You know, two different cultures there. What can be done to fix this, or do we just accept all these opt-outs forever? Well, I mean, this is kind of what comes with giving the players the control and the freedom uh, to do what they want. I mean, this is what everybody wanted, right? They wanted players to be able to go in the portal or to take NIL money. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say what can be done. I mean, you can offer incentives. I'm sure there were incentives in place. But you can't make somebody play football. If they don't want to play football, they don't want to play football. You know, to me, what can be done is what George has done, and that's to build a culture where, you know, the players play for each other and, uh, you know, feel, you know, like they want to represent their school. They want to play. They want to play football. Get guys that want to play football. Get guys that love to play football. Get guys that, you know, love their teammates and and want to play for each other. Uh, you, you can't make somebody play. You know, those guys could have opted out five games ago they could have opted out after the third game you know football is not a game you can just you know sometimes you go to work you might say uh you know oh geez i don't really feel like going to work today but you can go to work and get through a day football if you don't want to be out there you know you're you're going to get smacked around and so uh, it's unique like that but uh I, I don't know bill i mean i don't know what more you can do i guess offer contracts to players but even then they might say well fine don't don't give me the last check i think it's kind of like that right now with some collectives money so i don't know what you can do griff having spent all those years in michigan and you also worked up there somewhat recently were you shocked at the michigan alabama outcome no i picked michigan to win you know, this is a really good Michigan team, and Alabama had been inconsistent. I mean, let's remember they they needed fourth and thirty-one to beat Auburn. You know, so all, Michigan, you know, Michigan on the other hand had been more consistent. They got an experienced team. They had a really good defense. Uh, their special teams weren't very impressive, but I don't know. I just felt like Alabama was susceptible. I felt like if Michigan was able to run the ball, that was going to be able to open some things up and. I think Michigan was better at the line of scrimmage. In uh, Alabama, Milrow, we've talked about it. You know, Milrow can be really good or he can be really bad. And he had some really bad moments in that game. And it, it's tough to put it all on one player, but, you know, quarterbacks are that important. And when they play really well, you know, like he did against Georgia, he didn't really make any mistakes. Against Michigan, he made a lot of mistakes, including the last play. You go back and watch the, the last play, and all he's got to do is run left, and it's, it's all there. Like that's where it's designed. There was a guy pulling outside and, and he misread it and ran inside. So it's easy for me to say, but just watching the replay, I mean, 
Um, you know, that's a young quarterback with a lot of talent. Uh, played really well at times. Played not so well at times. Georgia dog down on the Emerald Coast, Bill Askriff. Kirby always says we don't care about the opponent. We practice to play to the Georgia standard. Was he sending a message to the committee, he asks. No, he was just managing his football team. I mean, the, the committee's done and, and, you know, made their picks. And uh, I think, you know, justifiably, I know that a lot of people thought Georgia, you know, maybe should have been in, but I don't think they should have been in. And and I don't think you play for the committee. So, you know, Georgia fans can look at it that way. But I, you know, I didn't think they belonged in. I mean, they had a chance to beat Alabama head-to-head, and, and they didn't. And then Texas had beaten Alabama by 10 points in Tuscaloosa, so they definitely need to be ranked ahead of Alabama. And then you had two undefeated teams. So, no, I don't think there was any idea about sending a message. I think it was go out there and play your last game together, create a good memory for yourselves. What does Georgia look like heading into next year? How good will they be? You know, I think they'll be a playoff team, but they need they need to add a couple more players still. I mean, Vlad McConkey, his decision to go pro really hurts Georgia. I mean, that was that's a tough one. That was a guy that, you know, could have gone either way. Um, you know, I think Vlad's an NFL player and, and all that, but I don't think he'll get his draft value because he was injured this year. And same with Javon Bullard. Those are two guys that difference maker guys that I thought could have come back for another year maybe raise their draft stock from second day to first day, and both of them declared. That, that's tough. Um, line of scrimmage pretty good. You know, I saw Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson are coming back. A um, couple D tackles should have pretty strong off seasons. Tate Ratledge coming back. Uh, knew they'd lose a Marius Mims in the center. Cedric Van Pran knew that. Haven't heard anything on trust. Guess he may be back. So they may have three starters back up front on the offensive line. Picking up ETN from Florida was really big. They didn't have a guy like him this year. Got some work to do in the receiver core, though, and uh, in the secondary, you know, because Tyke Smith, he's going pro, and uh, Bullard, we mentioned him as well, and then Lasseter. So they lose most of their secondary. But they got a lot of talent, and uh, Kirby does a good job developing them. So they look like a team that will probably go to the playoff next year. I don't know what seed. And and what, what did you say they need to add? Probably another explosive receiver, I think. They need to find a dynamic receiver. They've added a couple, um, but nobody like Ladd McConkey. Did you get to see Nico Iamaleava play for Tennessee? Did you get to see that game? You know, I, I didn't watch I didn't watch that game. I watched the whole Oregon game. I heard he looked pretty good. I I was just not much of a base for me, but I know the Tennessee fans are pretty excited. I heard he played pretty well. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. He looked good. They will they will have a significant upgrade at quarterback, I think, heading into next year. Wow, an you, upgrade. That says a lot. <laughs> who do you like in the Michigan and UW game? You know, it's it, it you know, Michigan is, you know, certainly the more powerful team, but I, I like Michael Penix. Like I told you, I had a chance to when I covered Tennessee, I actually flew down to his house. Spent a few days down there. Um, he, he, Tennessee had pulled his scholarship offer literally right when my plane landed in Tampa to see him. 
and I called his parents and said, you know, hey, I'd, I'd still like to come and interview you guys about this. And they said, sure. And so I sat down with Michael for that night. We did a live video. Uh, this is back on SCC Country. Did Facebook Live for about 45 minutes talking to him and about losing, you know, about Tennessee pulling his offer. I think it was the um, the Western Kentucky coach. I'm trying to think, what is his name? He was the offensive coordinator for Pruitt at the time. Um, his brother coached at talking. USC. Right. Had, uh, was head coach at USC. Anyway, the Western Kentucky head coach, I forget, Tyler or something. Anyway, he was the one that told Pruitt that this guy couldn't play in his offense. So they took his scholarship offer uh, the week that he was supposed to sign with Tennessee, and he had to get re-recruited in like a week because he was an early signee. So I remember Charlie Strong coming to the house, South Florida, uh, Indiana, Florida State was trying to get in on him. Um, and he ended up going to Indiana because uh, Mike DeBoard, who was Butch Jones' coordinator and had recruited him once, was at Indiana. So he went to Indiana from there. And I've just stayed in touch with his family. I mean, they're Tennessee. Um, his, I think his dad played. At, I think his dad might have played at Tennessee Tech. His mom. They love Tennessee. They wanted him at Tennessee his whole life. Um, and then that coordinator pulled his offer, and they said he wasn't good enough. So He's got a brother at Tennessee now, Tech right title. now. Yeah, got a brother there playing right now at Tennessee Tech. Hey, Griff, we'll yep. see you next week, sir. Appreciate it very much. All right, look forward to it. There he is. Yes, parents both went to Cookville, Tennessee. Tennessee Tech. All right. Gator Dave as we continue. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They're working an accident out in the Pegram area. That's uh, going to be just past Bellevue on 40 going westbound. They're in West Nashville as you continue out towards Kingston Springs. Again, that's westbound. The heaviest flow is coming eastbound in from Dixon County. It's starting to load up again on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area as that traffic continues to build, leaving Rutherford County, Murfreesboro towards Nashville. Watch for radar in Wilson County this morning. I-40, especially in the Mount Juliet area. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. They're online princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Locksmith Company, our full-service locksmithing expert, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by The Locksmith Company, a proud veteran employer. For all your residential, commercial, or automotive locksmithing needs, call today for a free estimate or 24-7 emergency service at 931-801-5427. 931-801-5427. And also visit the LSCO.com. The Locksmith Company is looking forward to seeing you. Bob's Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob's Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts. From the traditional fillet 
filet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. New MTSU football coach Derek Mason. Right now, man, I get the best of both worlds. I get a chance to coach a football team, build a program, do it in a place that I'm somewhat familiar with, and do it with my family. It's important that this area, this community, uh, like really gets a chance to get behind something that it believes in. And I believe MTSU is that program. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Bill King doesn't need a countdown clock because he already knows when football season starts. Skater Dave with us. Skaters Breakdown Tuesdays. Dave, Happy New Year to you, sir. Good to have you back. Happy New Year, Bill. Um, watching, glad to watch, be back. And yeah, ready to I get appreciate. This year going. Yeah, appreciate you back. Watching all these games through last night. When you look into the future of college football, beginning next year, is there a landscape change, or just this season has just figured itself out? Um, we were having this conversation last night, Bill, on on my Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, you know, the chat room we have yeah. there, and it's for college football. You know, there's just been this, there's been this path to winning championships, and that's you know recruiting at a high level and having that payoff. And now I think you know there there is a pathway different where now I think. I don't think you could do it consistently, but I think teams will change where you can attack the transfer portal, and that may give you a one-year run. And, you know, we almost saw it with Florida State this year. I think we're kind of seeing it with Washington just a bit. Um, you know, last year with TCU, uh, I think Colorado would be a really good example coming up in years, maybe Ole Miss next year. Uh, but I, I still think your most consistent path to a championship, to a – uh, to, to be in there year after year is you know, build it to a level where your high school recruiting is kind of taking over and you, and you fill some gaps with the transfer portal. But 
I think what this transfer portal bill is doing is you may get that hot team one year and then maybe another team the next year and another team the next year. I don't know if you can consistently do it and win a title, but I do think that's going to throw a lot more parity in just some of the teams that we see. But I still think you'll see your Alabamas, your Georgias, your Ohio States. Uh, so the landscape, I think, stays the same in some ways, but I think changes in some ways as well. This might be a stretch, but could Ole Miss be next year's Washington? Bill, I think they can, and and, and the twelve teamer makes it even more possible. Um, right. you know, we we know we know their issues when they and we saw it this past year uh, when they line up against Alabama and they line up against Georgia. There's no match, but all right, go get the twelve team and go. Maybe you get some more favorable matchups. Maybe you don't have to play Alabama and Georgia in the 12 team. Uh, and, and, and maybe – or you just get better. You get more – you get you, you get hot at the end of the year, and that lends itself. And I think Ole Miss can can be that team. You know, they got a lot of pieces coming back. They've added pieces in the transfer portal. You know, certainly one that hits home here is, you know, Princeton Human Mielin, uh, one of Florida's best defenders. He goes to Ole Miss, and we'll see uh, you know, if he can kind of continue his rise a bit as an edge rusher in, in the league. Uh, but I think they're, they're piecing – I think they see it. I think they see how close they are. I think they see this 12-team playoff opens up opens up a door, uh, and I think they're they're buying in. They're putting all their chips in uh, to, to go make that run. So uh, it's about matchups too, Bill. Uh, but I do think they, they set themselves up. Uh, to be one of those teams to look out for that you know you just don't traditionally see there. Did Florida or Florida State or Miami recruit Michael Penix out of Tampa? Uh, no, no, not not really, Bill. Um, of course, how long has he been in? That that would have been seventeen what, what or eighteen, right? Right. There. So yeah. around that time, if it was seventeen, it would have been Felipe Franks. Uh, as a freshman right. for Florida, so you know, highly ranked. Um, at the same time, the next year would have been Emory Jones, uh, for, for, for Dan Mullen. So you got your highly rated quarterbacks now. Obviously, Penix, uh, he, he didn't even start the best <laughs> out of those guys either, uh, but obviously has become the best out, out, out of a group like that if you're, if you're looking at it from Florida. Uh, so yeah, it's um, Bill, we talked about years for you know keeping the in-state talent and, and that being a difference in, in those big three catching up uh and Penix probably if he if he played like this would have went a long way in uh in, in some of those schools um you know probably trajectory uh, over the last few years he was committed to Tennessee Tennessee made a coaching yep. change Pruitt got there and uh coach Helton who is now I guess at Western who was the quarterback coach told him he can't play in our system so they cut him <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Uh, 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 Bill, he's a fascinating story. I mean, one reason he's so fascinating was it wasn't working at Indiana, uh, right. and none of us saw. Um, you know, credit to DeBoer for for seeing it, um, but none of us saw the the last two years from him after what we saw at Indiana. Now we saw some flashes there. Uh, injuries certainly played a factor. Uh, but I still don't think anybody saw a Heisman-worthy leading the team to a national championship game type of quarterback. Has the drama in Gator country somewhat subsided? Um, not really, Bill. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 
I think some people are ready for next season just to maybe get some answers, uh, maybe uh, get the answer they want. Um, if it's going to work out with Billy Napier or not work out with Billy Napier. So um, I, I think, you know, Washington's an example too. You know, DeBoer's in his second season, just like Billy Napier out of school. And you see that, you know, like TCU last year and, and Washington this year. And I think, you know, a lot of the prevailing question was, you know, why, you know, Florida can't even make a bowl game second year. Not, nevertheless, making a championship or, or, or a playoff run. You know, Florida struggling in year two, uh, you know, to, to, to make a bowl game and didn't make a bowl game. So um, I think when you see a lot of early success, you know, no matter what the situation is, of course, rosters are different and schedules are different. And uh, I know some are throwing shade toward the Pac-12. And to me, the Pac-12 was almost just as good as, the you know, every bit as the SEC this year, this past year, Bill. I thought, I thought the Pac-12 was really good. Um, so I, I think when you see a lot of these examples of of early tenured coaches, you know, working out and look, uh, given the difficulty of Florida's schedule and stuff, you know, nobody's asking Florida to win a title, but I don't think anybody also, or I don't think many also expect you know, Florida to miss a bowl game in year two and see, see some signs of progression. So um, I think seeing, you know, Washington make a run, I, I do think just kind of poked the fire just a bit of uh, seeing a you know a year two coach make some big moves. Did you get a chance to see Nico Iamaleava play yesterday? I saw some of it, Bill. Uh, I was flipping back and forth. Uh, I mean, I had all the games on, uh, of right. course. But I wasn't necessarily dialed in, but um, I certainly, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think you got to feel good uh, about what he brings to the table. And I think, I think. Many thought that's what they would see, um, and it probably led to some of the frustrations with Joe Milton this year. But you know, you never know what you get with true freshmen out there, and I think Heifel probably rightly so ran ran with some guy who has some experience. But um, what these bowl games can do now for us, Bill, is give us a glimpse into the future more so than they ever have. Uh, and um, I think from what we saw, and you know, a, a one game sample size can get you in trouble. But I think uh, from what we saw there. I think Tennessee's offense will be they'll be be in good hands. I think the question remains just how good. How fast do you think Florida gets DJ Lagway onto the field? Well, Bill, we see all the highlights from All Star practice games this week, and uh, he's been you know the top quarterback uh, here at these uh, All Star game practices and. I I think you got to get him on the field um, now. You know, of course, Graham Mertz is coming back, and I don't think you do much to upset that. But at the same time, if DJ Lagway comes in and proves that he is too hard to keep off the field, uh, you, you you do so um, in, in the critical year three for Billy Napier. So and that, and that goes the other way with it too, Bill. I mean, it's a critical year three for Billy Napier. So I think. DJ Lagway to get on the field is absolutely going to have to prove that he deserves to be on the field. And, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, for, for Billy Napier, not necessarily building towards the future so much as to, Hey, I got to win now. Uh, and so I, maybe that plays into it a bit too, but I, I do think there are certain scenarios we could see him. And maybe as the season progresses, we see more and more as he gets comfortable, uh, as he, um, you know, maybe proves that he can be a difference maker on the field. So I think that's something, you know, Bill, they'll, they'll try and, and work and, and figure out as soon as spring practice starts is, you know, if he proves that he's too hard to keep off the field, but Graham Mertz is also playing well, how can you balance the act of the two? 
Does he have, Dave, a comp? Is there a player style-wise that we could attach him to? Ooh. I mean, the obvious one, Bill, is given his size. Uh, a lot of people throw Cam Newton uh, out there. I, I, that's hard to put on <laughs> on anybody uh, yeah. when you want to, uh, yeah, you know, just, Throw a label but, on somebody, and but he's people, physical like that is the point. He's, yeah. Um, now we saw it early on at Florida. We saw it at Auburn too. Now, I mean, you know, Cam would just run over some people as well. I don't know if I see Lagway doing that too much. I don't know if he's the battering ram that Cam Newton could be right. uh, at times. But when you're you know six two six three two thirty, I mean, he's got the size too. We didn't see a ton of it. We saw him run away from people uh, in, in, in high school. Um, so, I mean, just you – know, on three says Jordan Love. Um, I think he's – I think he's probably a little bit better than, than that uh, as a comp, um, especially especially running the ball as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe for lack of a better one, it is Cam. Uh, but, man, you just hate. <laughs> you hate putting that on a kid. Um, maybe that's the comp, but not necessarily, you know, replicating that. Look, if he does, great. Right. You know, great, great for Florida. But um, I, I think at, with, with that size, without arm talent at the same time, I, I think Cam is the, the, the obvious one without, you know, maybe diving even deeper into it. Joe and Boca, Boca Raton, is there any other coaches joining the Florida staff? Are they bringing anybody in? Bill, there's still a whole lot of talk about offensive coordinator and what Billy Napier may or may not do there. Um, you know, you got Russ Callaway on staff who called some plays, uh, but but before at, at Samford, you know, he elevated in some ways. Um, Willie Corn, who was at Liberty, his name has been brought up um, as, as well. And we saw them yesterday get off to a hot start <laughs> with a touchdown versus Oregon, but then not uh, right. uh, be able to do much after that. Uh, he's a connection there with Billy Napier from his Clemson days. Um, so, you know, that's uh, another one um, that could happen as far as uh, OC. And then uh, Bill, uh, another name that's been coming up and, um, man, his, his name escapes me. UNLV offensive coordinator, um, Marion, I think so. his name. His name has been coming up as well. Um, so the, the question there for Billy Napier is, you know, does he, 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 he told us direct last year, he feels he has the best pulse of his team when he's the play caller. Is he willing to give that up? Like if, if we say year three is critical, does he trust some, does he trust somebody else to put it in their hands? You know, does he feel like he has to call the plays in this? So what, you know, critical year three, or does he feel like he can, you know, hand it off to get a better feel for the team. And I think it's not necessarily the way the offense looks at times, Bill. Why, you know, it could be better. It could be more consistent. They could build leads uh, a bit more. I think most people look at it as Billy Napier needs an offensive coordinator to help the other aspects of game day coaching. You know, all the penalties uh, that Florida has, maybe the flow of the game a bit. Not necessarily what the offense looks like, but to help in other aspects of the game. And you know, Eli, Eli Drinkwitz made the same move there from Missouri and kind of said the same things as, you know, I, I needed my hands on the other aspects. Uh, I felt like I was giving up too much of the other things as I, my as my head was in the play calling role. So 
Um, and then linebacker coach as well. Uh, Bill Florida's still got to hire uh, a linebacker coach, and you know, some names of uh, floating out there. You know, Jamar Chaney's kind of the, the high one right now from Western Kentucky, who was on staff at Florida, uh, got his first coaching job this past season. So now that's a name to look out for. Maybe a DJ Durkin uh, returning to Florida as well. Uh, so Florida's still. Uh, without a linebacker coach right now, Bill, uh, as you know, they start hosting some visitors from the transfer portal this week. I got two quick ones here. Brent and Macon, Georgia, said I'm just able to tune in. Ask Dave what Georgia's getting with Mr. ATN at running back. Uh, definitely explosive uh, player, Bill. One of the more you know, especially explosive players for Florida this past season. Uh, what he does need working would probably be some pass protection issues that you know kind of reared its head. Uh, but at the same time, I think you know, it was harder to erase his explosive ability for a, a Florida offense that needed it. Um, so it's, now he's going to have a better offensive line to run behind. So, you know, how much better does that make him? And he's physical. He's he's a tough running yeah. back. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And shifty. I mean, he'll, he'll make you miss, too. He, he he's, he's an all-around back, Bill. He'll run through you. He can run by right. you as well. And Joe Danny Boca asks, hey, Dave, what would quiet the Gator fan base? That's a good one. Um, I'm kind of I was going to hit on this tonight, too, on my episode, Bill, kind of with some New Year's resolutions for Florida. Uh, when, when, the, when, those, when those games you're supposed to, you know, don't give up those inexcusable right. games like Vanderbilt in year one and Arkansas this past year. Uh, but at the bare minimum, Bill, get a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it may take more than that. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of building towards where there's some, you know, positive thinking going into the next year. So I mean, I'm looking, you know, seven, eight wins. I think with quite a lot of people. That's good. See you next week, sir. See you, Bill. Hey, Gator Day. Coming right back. We're clear. I'm the Nashville Hotel. Good morning. THB still trying to clean up this wreck uh, just west of Nashville out there in the Pegram area on 40 westbound. That's before you get out to Kingston Springs. Of course, the heaviest flow of traffic's on the other side. Coming eastbound, still heavy. 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area as that traffic leaves Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville up through the Antioch area. It's picking up also in Wilson County. Finally, over here on 40 uh, as you make your way east and westbound uh, out in the Mount Juliet area. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services in Middle Tennessee. See, it's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. They're online, TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. 
Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. The traditional first-year anniversary gift is paper. Yay! Envelopes. The traditional 10-year anniversary gift is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here? And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars. Now that's what I'm talking about. It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth-year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top-three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all-conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non-conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P, Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Get into the Bill King Show, 615-844-5600. He doesn't charge by the minute. It's right here in the 615 is a big Michigan fan. He's happy. Should be. Says Bill, who's got it better than us? Nobody, Bill. Go blue. No Kev up in Chicago. Bill saw a tweet from a Noel fan who has a buddy that works at Georgia, not directly with a football team, but frequently interacts with them. Said ESPN played Georgia. They paid Georgia players to stay for this game because they wanted Florida State embarrassed. All right, it's 2024. Might as well start it with some hijinks. Just saying. Allen in Tampa. Bill, cousin Billy couldn't read the pulse of a dead man. Talking about Billy Napier. Well, Year three is the come-to-Jesus season for Billy Napier. It's very obvious. And the schedule that they are presented is absolutely heinous. It's brutal. 
the odds are significantly stacked against Billy Napier getting past year three. We'll play it out. We'll objectively comment on it. If I thought his outlook was good, I would tell you. But the odds are significantly stacked against Billy Napier being the head coach at Florida past 24. Maybe maybe we'll put up a date. Does he make it to... Well, November is brutal for them. I was going to say, does he make it to November? I think he does, but November is the separator. The schedule is just obscene. Topwater assassin over in South Carolina. That Clemson-Kentucky game. Wow. Clemson came back and came back several times and scored there at the end to win the ball game. Says, Bill, let me get this straight. Tennessee did not want Trevor Lawrence, didn't want Pretty Boy or Penix. Uh, Penix. Well, Trevor Lawrence lived in East Tennessee in the Johnson City area, the Tri-Cities. As a kid, Trevor Lawrence. And somewhere around, and I always forget, seventh grade or so, the family moved to Cartersville, Georgia. As a kid, he wore number 16. He was a Peyton Manning guy, and he went to Tennessee's camp. Now, there are some rumors that he goes to their camp and Sergeant Carter told him he wasn't good enough. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Tennessee was not able to entice him in recruiting. And let's face it, he's in Georgia. Georgia's loaded every year. Justin Fields and him, who don't live all that far apart when they were in high school, were both five-star quarterbacks down there. And he, he committed pretty early to Clemson. And let's also admit that was a very good idea it turned out wonderfully his freshman year he's leading a national championship yeah, his freshman year and Penix was committed to Tennessee they wanted him and that was under Sergeant Carter he gets fired And they have the whole debacle of searching for a coach, end up firing the AD during the search while he's in Los Angeles meeting with Mike Leach. He's basically fired. He's told by the incompetent uh, president at Tennessee to get on that jet and get back to town, get back to Knoxville, and then he's fired when he gets back. They end up hiring Fulmer, who ends up hiring Pruitt, and then they tell Penix that he's not wanted. And you just heard Griff. Griff was working, covering Tennessee at the time, and one thing that Griff does during recruiting, he's not Mr. I'm going to tell you which teams and who they're going to pick, but he does features on the recruits, and he'll fly to their town. He'll get a uh, date 
the family commits to it, and he'll fly in there and spend a day with the family and do a piece on it, do a story on it, do video and audio on it too. And he's done that for a long time. And he did that with Penix. When he lands in Tampa, he finds out that Tennessee's pulled their offer. He's going in there to do a piece on Tennessee commit soon to sign Michael Penix. And when he lands, he finds out that that offer is no longer available. And they agree to go do the segment anyway, so he went and interviewed him and spent time with him, and he ends up signing with IU. And when he was healthy, he played well there. And they had that one really, really good season, which was the 2020 year. And then he transferred to UW because of Coach DeBoer. And he's playing in the last two-standing matchup Monday night. Pretty good story there. I believe his senior year, check me on this, wasn't he a class of 18 guy, Michael Penning? I think that's right. Now we'll get to break. Coming right back. Hey, we're going to be there Friday. Yeah, on the Nashville Hotel. Morning, wrapping up an accident out in the Pegram, uh, Kingston Springs area, westbound on I-40 at McCroy Lane. Traffic's picking up even more now on 24N from Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area. Watch for some radar this morning down I-40 in parts of Smith and Wilson County. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. They're online at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Prince's Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken, with three locations serving Middle Tennessee, south on Nolensville Road, 5th and Broad, downtown, and the new location at Tanger Outlet Mall. You can now order your favorite flavor of heat online at princesshotchicken.com. And don't forget dessert, including special holiday pies. Princess Hot Chicken in three locations and princesshotchicken.com. Princess Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. John Morant, first game back after the 25 games, 34 points, 8 assists, and he hits the game winner at a walk-off. Welcome so, back. Hello there. Yeah. Uh, happy for the Grizzlies, happy for the city of Memphis. Good to have him back. Let's keep him there. Stay healthy, fall out, keep your nose clean, be the superstar that we know you can be. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. spends more time staring at depth charts than any man in any universe ever. It's Bill King. Get a couple of calls here down in the lovely, gorgeous, scenic, sunshine state, Jupiter, Jim, welcome in. Good morning, Billy. Happy New Year. You too, sir. So I'm telling you, you know, it ceases to amaze me how stupid people can be. But you really see the stupidity of people on social media or even uh, sports, you know, people. When they come up with this, that Florida State obviously didn't belong in the playoffs because they got killed by Georgia. Do people realize that the team that would have been in the playoffs would not have looked anything like our scout team that we put out there against Georgia? I mean, am I like crazy or are people just completely moronic? I think – that folks have a perception that they want to adhere to, and then they take whatever they see to back it up. That's what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's ridiculous that, you know, you don't think that the players that we had that didn't play, and you will see in the draft because there will be a ton of FSU players that are drafted this year that that's a different team. I mean, I knew we were going to get drubbed. Now, I didn't have any idea it would be that bad. But I knew we were going to – I mean, I knew Georgia was going to be able to pick their score because of what we had out there. And then the day of the game, you know, you get Braden Fisk, who was talking about how excited he was about, you know, lacing him up and playing one more game and – He goes out, another starting linebacker goes out. I mean, we weren't equipped to play Vanderbilt or Cal or even a D, you know, a D1AA team in that game. And 
if you think that that is that shows what Florida State would have looked like in the playoffs, then you're just a complete moron. You don't know anything about the game. Um, FSU would have done very well with our defense in that game yesterday. And um, I don't know. There's just some really, really stupid people. But, I mean, I get it. That's just the way the world is. Um, I got a couple other things. You asked about uh, Michael Penix. Michael Penix was definitely recruited by Florida State. Uh, Club Willie dropped the ball with him. And I think we were slow playing him. And uh, he ended up um, he ended up at, at Indiana. And the other thing you were talking about, Billy, is – is Tennessee has a major issue in the last 15 years of losing out on top quarterbacks. Do you remember that Lane Kiffin told Taj Boyd that he couldn't play in his system and that and to decommit? Do you remember that? Yep. Man, True. you got Taj Boyd, Michael Penix, and possibly Trevor Lawrence, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I don't know. I mean, I think all three of those guys would have done pretty good at Tennessee. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> think so. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, there, there's some. Uh, there, those are some darn good quarterbacks there. But anyway, um, DJU, Florida State. I wasn't. You know, I I thought we were okay to go into the season and and with what we had, but we had to get someone. I'm okay with the with the with getting him. I think he might give you one or two more wins and hey, he's a one year rental. Why not do it? I'm okay with it. What do you think about it? I was a bit down on him, but he resuscitated his career out there in Corvallis. I think it's a solid hire. Yeah, nothing splashy. He's not right. great. He's never gonna be great. If he can be good, then that's that's fine for a Florida State. And I'll tell you one thing, and one of our beat writers, Corey, Corey Clark, said it. You run the hell out of him. Now, I know he's a big guy and he's not, he, he doesn't have the legs like, like Jordan. But for the tough yards, you run that 240-yard-pound guy when you need one or two yards, which has been kind of a problem for our offense the last couple of years. You run him. You got to get the running game going. You got to get him a big time receiver, which we're going to get in the portal. We are going to be all over portal players again. So um, get ready because we're bringing a lot of talent here, and it's going to be fun. I think next year Florida State's going to be about an eight to ten win season, and then really set up for the twenty five season. You all take care and happy New Year. Appreciate it, Jim. Alan, do we have enough time, Patton, to get Alan in here or not? To tell Alan, can he if he can hold, we'll get him on the other side. Because it's under a minute. And I want to do Alan his I want to do him right. Give him time to stretch out and everything. So if Alan can hang tight through the break, we'll get him at the top of the hour. You dub and the M. And B, Monday night, Michigan favored by, when I looked this morning, it was four and a half. Continue to diss Udub. Harbaugh winning a natty on the way out the door, if indeed he is leaving, would be incredibly 
fitting, funny, ironic, all of the above. Harbaugh out the door with a big bleep you to the entire planet of haters would be pretty funny. I got I got to say. Hour three coming up. Happy Tuesday, yo. Happy New Year. AM, 95.9 FM, Brentwood, Nashville, 107.9 FM, Smyrna, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station.